was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a computer was stirring, not even a mouse. The speakers were placed around the chimney with care, in hopes that Aaron, Frank, and Nick would soon be heard there. David Oy was nestled all snug in his bed, while terrible EVPs looped in his head. And Mama Ortel in her kerchief and Troy in his cap, that was from the original poem, I don't know what that really means, sorry everyone, had both left Spotify playing and settled in for their naps. When outside David's room there arose such a clatter, he sprang from his bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window he flew like a skinwalker bone dart, tore open the window and gasped with the start. The moonlight at rest on the new fallen snow cast an eerie white light on the hovering UFO. Then what else to his questioning eyes did appear? But gnome folk, the Jersey Devil, and the Kinderhook creature. With floating orbs ringed around them so lively and quick, they came down from the saucer, ugh, would say Nick. More rapid than lightning, the orbs down they came, and the creature whistled and shouted and addressed our fans by name. Now David, now Deborah, now Sarah, now Maddie. Oh Fallon, oh Troy, thanks for listening, sincerely. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now lift away, lift away, lift away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the heavens the Foo Fighter did fly. With that, David's EMF meter peaked at a five. And then in the twinkling, he found it was dawn. Alas, his memory of the last four hours was gone. As if in a trance, he stumbled inside to find a stooped figure at his Christmas tree just beside. A man? A woman? Dare he think it's Saint Nick? Eyes wide in the dark, he realized with a click. It said, you should be asleep if your presence tonight matter. But it wasn't Saint Nicholas, just a cow on a ladder. Now you might question this poem's objectives. But we all know, Aaron loves stories with different perspectives. Welcome to this <laughs> Christmas-themed episode of Wednesday at 9 p.m. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I hope you came up with that all on your own. Yes, this actually was entirely me. I'm not even kidding. No AI. No AI. I was thinking, should I just throw an AI that, you know what? Christmas is about humanity and love and, and person to person. There's no room for chat GPT there. So I did this during my work day. Probably should have been doing real work, but uh, I think it came out good in the end. Yeah, Frank's employers, if you're listening, he definitely did not do it during his work day. I wonder if they do. I wonder if Maybe they do. that's some of the listeners that we have. Who knows? Potentially. I will say, I believe the actual poem has like an anniversary this year oh or something like obviously any year is an anniversary but like a special one like 100 or 200 or something okay like that, that might be because i have the date and there's something crazy about that poem which i'll say when we start but before that some brief announcements before we get into tonight's content 
shout out to David Hoy, though I guess we technically already have. Shout out to all yeah, those, all those people. Out. I hope I haven't missed anyone that we know by name. Yeah, I think we got everyone. I do think, though, um, there is a shout out from Nick to Troy. Oh, so, yeah, that is separate. You, you shouted him out, but Nick also, I know, wanted to shout him out. So That's a True. good call. I should have mentioned that. I should have factored that in. In that case, I'd like to pose this statement. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, St. Nicholas of Myra, Sinterklaas. Who is he? Where is he? Why is he? How is he? How is he? That's right. No one ever asks how he is. Tonight, I've collected a variety of stories that I promise will make you rethink your opinions on that jolly old Saint Nick and what he's up to. So, what if I told you guys that uh, people from all over the English-speaking world, at least, have reported real-life Santa sightings for decades now? I mean... Do you think that's the weirdest thing we've heard or like? The, I know in context. I mean, it's not that crazy, right? Like, do you remember the like flying Christmas taco or whatever that was? No. What I'm are sorry, you talking what? about? <laughs> Never mind. <Is> that... <laughs> Link in the description. Sorry, guys. I think Nick had a long day. <laughs> it sounds good, though. I didn't really eat dinner, so that would, yeah, that sorry. would be great. I was on a ayahuasca trip. Sorry. <sighs> With St. Nick. Uh, yeah. Now, when I say, you know, seeing Santa, I don't mean kids seeing them all Santa, you know, and, and, you know, oh my God, I see Santa. I mean, people, yes, typically children, but not always, not always children, swearing that they see what appears to be Santa Claus in or around their homes, typically Christmas Eve night. And there's a wide range of encounters and a wide range of implications, I think, from these stories that I'd like us to discuss now a good chunk of these are a result of overactive imagination yes but i've tried to filter out some of the ones that are actually stupid <laughs> <laughs> and what remains is gold i'll say eh, more like silver and gold eh? more okay. like bronze yeah. silver and gold so listen close silver bells yeah silver bells listen very close to these details and i will certainly say some stupid ones i've certainly slipped in but Let's get started straight into them. Our first story comes from New York City in 2002. And it says, It was Christmas Eve of 2002 in New York City. My parents had invited some friends and relatives over for dinner, sort of like a Christmas Eve celebration. After that, I decided to go to my room to watch some TV, but there was nothing good to watch. I then found myself pacing back and forth in the hallway. My house is big, so there's no one with me. Everyone was in the living room watching a movie I wasn't interested in. About seven minutes into my pacing, I saw a tall, fat figure scurry away about 20 feet away from me. It was crouched down, too. It was even wearing some sort of Santa Claus suit. I didn't believe in Santa Claus at the time. But this just freaked me out. I quickly ran to my parents and told them all about it. And they grinned and joked, oh, maybe it was Santa Claus. But I didn't believe that. So I just sat down with my family and everyone else. Then it occurred again on Christmas Eve 2004, two years later. I remember it more vividly, vividly than the last one. I was lying on the couch in the living room. My parents 
were in the kitchen having a conversation about a business blog or something. And suddenly, I saw a huge man about seven or eight feet tall crawl underneath the tree and just vanish. Before it disappeared, it looked at me and said, Shh. Very strange. So I went into the kitchen and sat with my parents. And this, this person claims that similar happenings have happened like a few other Christmases after this. Once in 2007, he claimed that in broad daylight he saw something, but kind of dismissive. And the last thing I want to note about this one is this guy claims that his name is Claxton Kalmbach, which sounds pretty freaking made up. <laughs> but how do we feel about that to start? What do, we, what do we think about that? That was just Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, is Santa just Bigfoot? You know, there, there's some similarities here. Seen, yeah, have you ever seen the two of them in the same room? I have. Maybe you guys haven't. I don't know. I have not. But isn't that bizarre? Crawl, I don't understand how something could be seven or eight feet tall and crawling under a tree. like And then vanish. And vanish. Or also the, the yeah. shush. Now, this is implied. It's not like it looks like Santa. But is it? You know? Well, well another, another thing, too, that's kind of weird is he described the thing as scurrying, yet nobody, like, downstairs heard, like, any, like, loud thumping noises. Yeah, that's true. You'd think a huge like, creature would make noise crawling. Well, yeah. Santa's a person. Is Santa a person? Maybe not this one, but... I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's a nice quick short one. This comes from 2003. They report. I'm 13 now, so you know you could trust them. But I saw something when I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) Even more trustworthy. It was dark, nighttime, around midnight on Christmas Eve. I was in bed, but I wasn't asleep. All of a sudden, I saw a red light beaming down into my window. It was so bright. And somehow I knew it was him. I looked up in the sky, but all I could see was the bright light coming from a small object. I didn't hear a helicopter or anything, but I did hear the unique sound of bells and, of course, the sound of hooves tapping on the roof. These sounds lasted for a few seconds after the light had disappeared, and then they were gone. So, sorry, kid, but I don't know if I was Santa. So, I've got a theory. This is a, this is a crazier theory than the story itself. So, buckle up. <laughs> Let's hear Perfect. it. Um, so, what if this was actually just aliens, like in a UFO, and they use Christmas as the time to come down and harvest natural resources? Like water? Exactly. <gasps> and they use this as a disguise. Like, oh, yeah, Santa Claus is coming, and you might hear tapping on the roof. No, that's just the aliens stealing your shingles. <laughs> <laughs> that's a natural resource from our planet that they need. <laughs> hey, roof man. shingles. Their roofs need repair, too. Are there UFOs? Maybe they use it to repair their UFOs when they crash True. land. True. We don't know their... their 
intentions, but I think that's a pretty good disguise. You know, you can be as loud as you want. I'm not saying that I believe any of these stories. Let me make that clear. <laughs> like, yeah, kids, overactive imagination. Yeah, yeah. So they just hallucinate people? Like the first story? <laughs> Yo, oh, you have such an overactive imagination. Yeah, I just hallucinated an eight foot tall person going under the tree. I guess that's what people mean when they say like kids have an overactive imagination. They just make things up like whole cloth, like just straight up. I guess. But do you remember ever doing that? Because I don't remember ever. No. I remember like things. a weird thing that happened to me as a kid where like I thought I was dreaming or like I was dreaming, but then like I ran to my parents' room because then it turned like turned into a nightmare. But I remember oh, yes, running I into my parents' room because that happened. And then I got back to my room and everything was fine. So like dreaming is one thing, but it sounds like these people are always awake. So you can't just be like, I guess, yeah, they could make the whole thing up. But are, is a kid going to be that I elaborate? Mean, I'll say this. These people believe themselves like these people believe they're telling the truth. Okay. No, I mean, they most of the time they do. So I think what's happening is it's a little bit of both. So there's some truth to it and there's some. Uh, imagination to it so like with the second story you read frank the the red light that could have been something that could have been like a faraway plane or like a, a cell phone tower like so, something that was actually blinking a red light kid sees it and they take that and run with it and think oh well i saw this red light and then i went and then all of a sudden now you start hearing things that aren't actually there like do I think there was something creating a red light? Sure. Do I necessarily believe all the stuff about the roof? Eh, it starts to fall off over time. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it is very easy to uh, to want to hear and see things when you're primed for that. And obviously, Christmas Eve, you're a kid, you're primed to hear and see Santa. So if you give a little thing, maybe that's maybe that is what's happening. Definitely. But I will say. Keep in mind that idea of that red light or that small object emitting light, red light. It comes up oddly in a few, at least one other story, which, why? Why does that come up? Very odd. So, moving on. This one, I, I don't know what to make of this. This person reports i'm intrigued because once when i was about five or six i was convinced i saw santa flying in the sky i told my mom which at the time she played up later as a teen i brought it up and she said it must have been an airplane in the sky but it definitely wasn't a plane it didn't move in a straight steady line like a plane nor did it have the blinky lights like a plane <laughs> <laughs> I think this person is still five or six when they're typing mm -hmm. this. I don't know. I still remember watching it through my bedroom window, watching it in the night sky, weaving up and down. It looked exactly how you would imagine Santa in his sleigh with reindeer flying through the sky. It even went across the moon in a very classic silhouette. You could only see it because of the moonlight. 
not close enough to see any detail, colors or anything. It just looked like a sleigh with a reindeer gliding across the sky. Then they say they woke up at 2 a.m. from excitement. So I'm not sure if this is... Uh. They must have gone to sleep and then woken up at 2 a.m. from excitement. I guess. Unless, and, they, unless they were just like, oh, I had this crazy dream, but it was real. I mean, some people do have extremely vivid dreams. So I, I wouldn't, as a five or six-year-old, not realizing that you have a vivid dream, could think it's real. That's very fair. Yeah. And they kind of get a little crazy and they, they say that, you know, they, they checked and they saw the stockings were filled and the, the gifts were there. What that means, nothing. But yeah, very odd. Now, in a lot of these places, these forum posts and, and, and such, people will share a story and everyone else will be like, oh my God, finally, I feel comfortable sharing my own experience. So this person goes, I also saw Santa as a child. I woke up Christmas morning around 5 a.m. I walked out to see what presents he brought. I saw a transparent, in-color version of him. He was facing the fireplace with his back towards me. I was down the hall. I went a little closer. He slowly turned his head to the side. I didn't want him to see me. So I ran to my parents' room, excited and woke them up to tell them, Santa, Santa is here. They said, uh, maybe he'll eat the cookies we left him. We'll go back to bed. I was only six and thought he was real back then. Then they give a little detail about, um, I don't know whether this means we should trust them or like dismiss everything they say, but pretty wacky stuff. They say, it wasn't till I was much older that I realized our house was haunted. Since I saw other paranormal things over the years. I see. When you're a child, you don't quite understand what you're seeing. The only thing that really scared me was when I woke up to use the bathroom and I saw my three-year-old brother walk right by me and disappear into the hallway mirror. It was a transparent, in-color version of him wearing the PJs he had on that night. I was terrified and ran into my parents' room to wake them up. I told them what I'd seen, and they just thought I was having a nightmare. And that's not enough, he says. We did have a Ouija board in the house that we played with. Not sure if that brought spirits in, though. Years later, we found out it was also a burial ground at one point in time. Okay. Mm. I do feel amazed as an adult that I had these experiences. What do you make of that? There's a, a lot, lot to unpack there. A lot of tropes. A lot of tropes. Also, your little brother was just having an out-of-body experience. Let him be. Honestly, I think that's what it just is. Just let him be. He saw his little brother in, like, in his spirit, like, like dreams. And my final thing on this one, and then Aaron can say his piece. Um, so you saw Ghost Santa? Is the implication? <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> what is going on, Aaron? So, Aaron, yeah, what's your I piece? Think, I don't know. I think part of it was imagination, and then he kind of backpedaled. And I don't know how much of the story I believe. It seems like he kind of got on the internet and just felt like typing some stuff. 
and just kept backpedaling to make it seem more believable, but went too far in the other direction. Like, oh, by the way, it's an Indian burial ground. And by the way, uh, we have a Ouija board. And by the way, my mom's a, a, a medium. Like, probably just backpedaled and a bunch of stuff. And I don't know that I necessarily believe the story. I don't believe that it's impossible that it could have happened. I don't believe he's telling the truth. You know, do you think he's crazy? (laughs) No, I think he just wants attention. Because I will say I left out the last sentence where he says, I also love this forum for the fact that there are so many others who have had similar spooky experiences. No one thinks you're crazy. So I guess that's wrong. Yeah, I didn't say crazy. they were crazy. Yeah, well, I tell you, this person is very sincere. I think they, I mean, these are all people reporting what they felt and they thought at like five, six, seven, and it's many years later. So it's not like they're like, I really think that they believe. I'm not saying what they think they saw is real. But I think they really believe it. They're very sincere. But I understand what you're saying, Aaron. It is I like the kitchen think- sink here, right? Yeah, I think this particular one seems like it's for clout. It's for clout. It's the clout. If people think you're crazy if you say this. No, because he posts it on the forum where he's going to get attention. I don't know the traffic on this forum that Frank used. Hey, man, we're talking about it. How many years later, Frank? That's a good question. This was um, at least a few years. It was like probably five years that it was written. Yeah, ago, so, so five years later, they're still talking about it. You know, yeah, so- he's probably smiling right now, knowing that. <laughs> that person, David Hoy. Mm, don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, imagine. But, that. you know, I will also say, going back to the oath, you know, they really put the kitchen sink in this one. Because when things are really detailed, I think they're more believable. Except when it just fits every single stereotype, then it's not. Like if you if it's like all those crazy stories that we've heard, it's like and there's this weird detail. It's like how why would you make that up of all things? These very typical things that could easily be made up. But like, you know what I mean? When things are actually very detailed, but it's like that. That's a weird thing to make up. If you think that, then they probably didn't make it up. I, I like I like the idea. Yeah, it's like that's too stupid or too ridiculous. All right, what what, what is the saying? Fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah, right? that, it, did I say that backwards? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah, as in things that happen in real life are, are stranger than what people imagine. So therefore, Aaron, you're wrong. And this is true. <laughs> he oh. saw Ghost Santa. Um, yeah, he saw Ghost Santa and Ghost Wait, Little Brother. Isn't Nick saying the opposite of that? Isn't he saying, you know, because they threw the kitchen sink, it probably isn't believable? Like, this has very little detail yes. to it. Nope. Next story. All right. <laughs> I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my room and I heard shuffling in the living room. I got up and peered around the doorway. 
where I saw a man in a Santa suit standing in front of the Christmas tree. He must have felt my presence because he turned around and looked at me. He didn't look jolly or kind and happy like you would expect Santa to look. He looked kind of eerie, like he was staring into my soul. Automatically, I ran to my parents' room and hid under the covers. I don't know why I was so scared at the time, but I wrote it off as a dream for a while and forgot about it almost completely. Until years later when I remembered it, I thought it could have been a burglar. My parents said nothing was ever stolen or taken from the house at that time, and there's no sign of that. The only explanation now is that it was some kind of apparition. Which is weird. Because seeing a man in a suit, what? I wonder what makes something think it's an apparition. That seems like a very interesting thing to jump, jump to. I mean, I wonder if there was something about how this, this figure looked that made it look not fully material, right? I would just assume it was like, obviously the dad or something. I guess not if she ran to the parents' room. But to think it's an apparition? Very interesting. Well, I mean, if they, if it was like a dude, but nothing was stolen, why would some random guy just be in your house and not steal anything, you know? Maybe some like local homeless guy who dresses up as Santa and just wants to spread cheer by... I guess sneaking to people's homes and waking the kids up and going mm, staring at them staring into their souls yep. so like they might have just then, thrown yeah. out the possibility that it was an actual person because according to their parents it wasn't a burglar because nothing got stolen that they were aware of yeah no sign of entry or anything back then so they probably just wrote they probably just were like well it can't be a person because nothing you know, no burglary happened. Why else would a person be in our home? That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. I think they're onto something with this apparition thing. Like, could it have been maybe a relative that had passed on that was taking a form, uh, a nice Santa form? Did you read the head? No, I did. Frank, I swear to you, I don't even okay. have a home open. Then go ahead. Please continue. But like maybe it was a family member that tried to, you know, comfort them or like give them the, you know, like the hopeful like, oh, look, Santa's here. I don't know why they were eerie. Maybe they didn't have control over that part. You know, being dead kind of tough. Um, <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> uh, I'm going to clip that just so you know. But being dead, being dead is kind of tough. Yeah. Um. So that's my theory: is maybe they did see some. The kids are more prone to seeing things supernatural. So, but the thing is, um, he, he or she, I don't know if you described they, but, um, they, it, uh, <laughs> they, them run and crawl under the covers in their parents' room. Presumably seeing both parents there and not, you know, being like, hey, where's dad? Or, hey, where's mom? You know? Yeah. I'm so, sure, yeah. I think it's fair to assume that. So it's, it adds an element of, hmm. So that's why I think it's a ghost. And again, Very they fair. could have been dreaming 
But if they weren't and they were awake because they did say they ran into their parents' room, might they hallucinate a person if it's an overactive imagination? See, but Nick, you said ran into the parents' room. What happens if you have a weird or bad dream? Run into your parents' room. Yeah, but you so, wake up and then you're in bed and you get out of bed and run to the yeah, parents' room. you're not already room. in the hallway and that, unless you slept walk. And then you sleepwalk, you dream that you're sleepwalking the same path. You dream that you're walking exactly the path that you're sleepwalking. You imagine Santa. Dreams are very strange, guys. And sleep is also very strange. I've texted people in my sleep. No, you have not. Yes, I have. No way. Yes. Not like a full on conversation, but I can respond. Coherent. There's no way. I I can get some words correct. (laughs) No Um, way. Yes. That's insane. Yes. It doesn't happen frequently, but I think one time I may have done it with Fallon. Aren't you the. I may have texted her. Aren't you the person that slept over at someone's house and your eyes were like super open and you were like staring at them no that was on an airplane oh. i i somehow slept with my eyes open without <laughs> knowing it that's so weird that's yeah that's bizarre you, sleep is weird so that's true could be that they were sleeping had a dream but i still Unlikely. in the spirit of christmas like the the ghost of christmas past that's very fair well i also want to think about Yes, many of these stories about young children. Why is that? Yes, they have active imaginations, but or is it something like children have less of a filter? Children can see more things than we or can. Or they're targeted. Right? Or or that or double, right? I mean, yeah, why would Santa try to show up to or why would the spirit of Santa try to show up to an adult? They're dumb and stupid and they've lost the meaning of Christmas, but children <laughs> They're still malleable. But anyway, on to a creepy one, which I don't like the implications here. Uh-oh. We go to Memphis, Tennessee, way back first to the 1980s. They say, I grew up in the suburb of Memphis, Tennessee. In the 1980s, I was eight or nine years old. My parents and I were coming home from a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. When we pulled up in the driveway, we saw Santa. In a sleigh hovering above our house. All we could hear were sleigh bells. The sleigh was illuminated so we could see Santa in full outfit sitting in the sleigh. I even remember seeing reindeer hovering there. I don't know how many there were. Santa looked at us and waved and flew off in the sleigh. I'll never forget it, and I'll never forget my dad's face of total shock. He was an air traffic controller, and when he went back to work after the holidays, he asked about it, and nothing came up. And another bizarre twist, on Black Friday in 2009, I was waiting online on a local Target store and broke into conversation with another lady. We were were talking about Christmas shopping, And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she mentioned that her brother had seen Santa in his sleigh two years before. I stood with my mouth wide open because I couldn't believe it. Every Christmas Eve, I still think about him and look outside to try to get a glimpse. Well, 
It's all different when the parents see it, huh? Yeah, right. What's the presuming that this story is true? I mean, it, I mean, again, could, it's a weird make thing it to make up. Yeah, like why make a I it saw weird, Santa? Also, it's <laughs> this is also insane. I mean, this is freaking insane. Hovering, yeah. waving, and then another lady in the target lot. Like it's just, it's bizarre. So why don't you like the implication? It feels like kind of UFO-y to me, like hovering. Above the house. They're magic reindeer. Nick's giving me a timeout sign. Never have we heard a story of a UFO like not looking like a UFO. Very rarely. Maybe if it's a cover memory. Maybe before a whole family? Even... I don't sometimes at least one person remember seeing something. There was no lights. It didn't say anything. It well it said it was illuminated. Yeah, it wasn't glowing yeah, or anything. But yeah, I, I'm assuming like the car had lights somehow, or, or there was a light. Yeah. you know, I don't think it was giving off light. Also, I don't think unless you know what you guys are talking about is true, but an alien or a UFO or whatever creatures in the UFO wouldn't just be like waving. And then, yeah. So, true. Okay. Okay. So, there's this idea that people who experience UFO sightings or even worse, like contact with aliens, um, sometimes their memory of it is covered up and replaced with a cover memory that is a little off. So, like, this is this is bizarre. I'm not saying I believe this. But he is that aliens can manipulate your memory a bit. So they will be like, they'll put the memory that you saw a really big, big, big owl in a tree. And you're like, wow, that's a huge freaking owl. It had huge eyes, whatever. But really, it's a cover memory for you saw, I don't know, some freaky alien thing in the tree. Isn't there usually right. missing time with cover memories? Yeah, usually there's associated with missing time, I which evidently isn't here. Time. Weird behavior isn't here. I mean, these are normal, you know, that's how I would react. If I was in the car, I would freak out. And if I was with my dad, he would probably be, I would presume he'd be freaked out. Yeah, actually, he'd be probably pretty chill about it. But, you know, someone would probably freak out. They see Santa hovering. So just, just the hovering word made me like, I don't know about that. But theory. otherwise, very, yes, very eerie. Indeed. No, theory. Oh, I've got a theory, Frank. Theory. Sorry. Yes. yes. So, what if it was aliens, and all the kids saw it as Santa, but the dad saw it as aliens, didn't want to tell the kids, like, oh, my oh God. no, it was aliens, and thought it would be better to just have them believe, yes, it was Santa. <laughs> he and saw he something went to obscene. traffic control and was like, guys, there were aliens, and nobody believed them. Well, you know what? why would he, why would he assume his kids saw something different than he did? <laughs> No, he's not assuming that they saw something different. What he's doing is protecting them of not freaking them out with the fact that there's aliens. He's saying, oh, no, it's Santa, guys. Or, you know, they I love. I love how really there's no trees of aliens or UFOs whatsoever in this story. And we're like still honestly, like, I managed, like shoehorned into honestly, it. Honestly, this is the most believable Santa sighting that I've ever heard. Yeah. Honestly, right? I mean, the dead freaking out, talking to 
air traffic because he's also control. air traffic control he he must know what you know certain aircraft look like yeah like like he'd be like hey was there some like weird experimental or like some but would he thing know what by alien aircraft looks like <laughs> uh, I don't I got. think so <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good theory. It's a good theory. But we'll I'm move on. With it's actually Santa. That's that fair. One. I think it's probably, most likely, like a cow on a ladder on the roof. <laughs> or like a, you, hey. or it's a skinwalker. All the reindeer are skinwalkers and they have their bone straws. That's probably very likely. Yeah. Honestly. I agree. Well, here's a quick little one. When I was nine years old, I could not get to sleep on Christmas Eve because I was too excited about presents. I was wondering if my parents had anything to do with the gifts that I'd received from Santa the year before. Uh-oh, a little, uh, a little skeptic. We lived in Texas back then, and that night it was hot because the heater was on. So I got thirsty. Got out of bed and cracked open my door to make sure no one was out in the living room so I can get something to drink without being seen. I also wanted to spy, of course. When I opened the door... I saw someone bent over, and then he stood up. It was Santa Claus, dressed in the red and white getup. But strangely, I could see the Christmas lights from the tree shining through him. He was taking the stockings down off the mantle and placing them on the coffee table. When he started to turn around to put the next stocking on the table, I closed the door and jumped into bed. The next morning, I woke up and told my sister what I had seen. I told her where he had put the stockings. We went into the living room, and the stockings were where I said he put them. We both turned and looked at each other and froze for a moment. From then on, I've told everyone that I believe in Santa. So he... Another transparent transparent one. And interacted with objects. And it... I know, what? And touching... What? What is going on? Ghost what is going Santa. on? But Ghost Santa can move stockings? I guess so. We've seen, you know, poltergeists can pick up objects, throw them places. I what guess so. Santa, there's this, like, Santa headquarters, <laughs> and he just, like, commands a ghost army to put out all ghost the presents. Clones. Oh, my God. Exactly. So Aragorn is the real Santa. Yes. Commanding the ghost yes. army on Pelennor Field. Nice. Nice reference. Why are we watching the third movie, Nick? Right now. <laughs> See another ghost one? But that's weird. I don't think ghosts are supposed to be able to move stuff. But Nor look like Santa. Yeah. This one is creepy. Another user posted. I saw Santa when I was seven or eight. In the early hours of Christmas morning, in our big, rambling Victorian house on Staten Island, I'd gotten up to go to the bathroom, which was at the top of this long, ornate staircase leading to the main living and dining room floor. The house was dark and my parents and siblings were sound asleep. As I emerged from the bathroom, I looked down the stairs, anticipating stuffed stockings on Christmas morning a few hours off. But at the bottom of the stairs was Santa Claus. He looked back up at me and sort of half waved, then gave me two quick successive, come on down here, 
gestures, as if he wanted me to join him. I heard nothing, but saw him quite clearly. I was wide awake, not on any meds, and lucid as hell. I was shocked and excited by what I saw, and after a few long seconds, decided to retreat to my room rather than accept his invitation. It's nearly 50 years later, and I still think about my Santa sighting every Christmas. I know what I saw. It's one of the three or four genuinely inexplicable experiences of my life. Now, this is wild. In later years, I read up on Jung's theories about UFOs, projection, and the collective unconscious, and and wondered if mass longing by a whole planet's worth of wishful children could literally conjure Santa Claus into manifesting. Stranger things have happened. And judging from the other posts, Santa has happened to more people than me. Santa's a culpa? This is where we start getting to my favorite theory. Or, well, I don't know, favorite theory, but a strong contender for theory for me. If enough people think about Santa around Christmas time and the concept of Santa and the image of Santa, which we'll discuss in a bit if we have time, like where they even came from, does that just conjure up apparitions of Santa? Kind of crazy, but is it at the same time? I mean, what else is, is so, in, as that guy said, so strongly in the collective conscious of children who are putting their thoughts and minds into nothing else that entire night across the world or parts of the world? Millions, right? Presumably millions upon millions of people. Maybe that can conjure up manifestations. What are your thoughts on that? I will say in this one, it sounded like Santa was solid. Motion for a child to come down could have just been a dude. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> could have been. Not saying it is, but there's it, also that. I'm there's glad also, they yeah, didn't maybe, go down the stairs. Yeah, maybe it's just a creep. <laughs> I also, real quick, when you said Santa was down at the bottom of the stairs, I thought you were gonna say then he scrambled up on oh all fours of the stairs. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> Could you imagine you're a kid, you're seven or eight, you see Santa, he waves, and then like his head like cocks and then like spider the- crawls of the stairs. Yes, exactly. I'd be horrified. That is horrifying. That's what I thought you were going with. But no. That is creepy. Yeah. I mean, I like the Tolpa idea. I didn't consider that. I like that theory. I don't know if it applies to this one per se, because it's the thing that gets me is the, the, the gesture to come here. That one's a little weird, you know, very supernatural. Not well, I guess Tulpas are still supernatural, but like seems like some it it was something that wanted them to come there. Like it, like a ghost might want them to come so they can show them something or you know, maybe a more malevolent being might want it so they could capture the kid. Well, that's Krampus. It's just a creep. You think Krampus would dress up as Santa? 
as a disguise. Exactly. That's sneaky. Very sneaky. Yeah, something doesn't sit right. I, I like the Tulpa idea. I, something's off about the story, though. I believe it, just don't know what it is. I think we can all agree, as Nick said, that the kid made the right choice. Probably. Maybe he would have become an elf and Santa's workshop if he went with him. <laughs> Maybe that's how he gets. That's kind of creepy. Maybe it's like it's like elves are actually stolen children. Yeah, and they make the toys for all the other kids. Yeah, someone's got to turn it into a movie or a book series or something. That's a that's an idea. But yeah, yeah, very weird, very weird. Another somewhat creepy one. This person reports: I have a story too that happened when I was eleven. So 11 years old, that's, that's beyond like, you know, baby imagination. Era. You're in middle school. Yeah. Around the time I was beginning to doubt Santa was real. Hmm. Christmas Eve, around 2, 3 a.m., I had to pee really, really badly. I don't believe him. <laughs> the only bathroom in our house was downstairs on the first floor. To get to it, I would have to walk through the living room where the tree was. I knew my parents always stayed up late on Christmas Eve in the living room wrapping presents. I didn't want to interrupt them and have them get mad at me, so I waited and held my bladder. Eventually, I couldn't hold it in anymore and had to go. So I crept to the top of the stairs and started going down. I could see that the light in the living room was on, but the whole house was extremely quiet. I silently tiptoed down the stairs and peeked my head out around the corner to look into the living room. Santa Claus was sitting on our recliner, eating one of the cookies we left for him, <laughs> and looking at our tree. All the lights were on in the room. Now, in case you're wondering, the guy was way too big to be my father. So I had two options either pee my pants. Or run through the living room right in front of Santa to get to the bathroom. It took about five minutes of deliberating, but eventually I just ran as quietly as I could through the living room, down the hall, and into the bathroom. I made sure not to look directly at Santa for some reason. I just felt I shouldn't. When I finished in the bathroom, Santa was gone and the house was in darkness. I was lucid, definitely not sleeping or sleepwalking. My parents told me they heard the toilet flush that night, so it wasn't a dream. And that Christmas was pretty tough for my family because my dad lost his job and we were maybe two to three weeks away from being homeless. Ultimately, everything worked out. But the timing was very thought-provoking. That's a head-scratcher. As Jim Harold would say. Indeed he would. Indeed he would. That one certainly can be apparent sitting, but the fact that it was way too big to be the dad, supposedly, and I mean, an 11-year-old should know the size of their parent. Like, they'd be on the age of like, oh, how old, or how tall is your dad? 20 feet tall? Like, they're beyond that age. 
Yeah, know. presumably it doesn't mean just like fat, because obviously, you know, the parent dresses up as Santa for their, in case their kids see him, they're going to, you know, put some stuffing in, but 11 years old, we can presume, you know, it was clearly not the dad. Um, how weird is that, right? So the timing is obviously around, they're starting to doubt. They see, what a stereotypical thing, sitting in, the, sitting in your recliner eating a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like creepy, but also like, oh. That's what, you're supposed, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Was he reclined, though? Like, how that's comfy a good was Santa? That's and a good question. why did they feel like they shouldn't look? That's also interesting. Do they have, like, some sense? Like, some... Like, don't look at me. You shouldn't I mean, be seeing this. I think it's just, like, a kid's mind of taboo of, like, oh my gosh, this is, like, the guy. I the shouldn't man. look because it would it's ruin the, the magic. That's fair. That's very fair. But yeah, very creepy. I hate the idea of a, cr- a stranger sitting in my living room and I have to cross the living room to get to the bathroom. That's like a night. That's that's a nightmare situation. Like, yeah, but what if it's Santa? That's still creepy. Get out what of my house, Santa. What if it's me? There's, I have yeah, no chimney. Nick, How did he get into my house? I see like a broken window and glass on the floor. <laughs> Santa. Nick, I was just about to suggest, what if you and I just go and break into Frank's apartment and just like <laughs> sit on his couch and eat cookies? Dude, don't do costumes? that. What hey, would you, you do if we were there right now? My webcam's not on, Frank. You don't know open, where I am. Open your door. There's a green screen. <laughs> you start hearing Aaron from both his mic and my mic. I'm like, what the... What the? <laughs> He's just throwing his voice though. He's, he's really in my at it. Oh, he's in my dark closet. Oh, I'm not, gonna, a, I'm not going to do you, that. What, yeah, what if you saw red glowing eyes coming from there? No, I'm not going to do that. Not today. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nope. I'm creeping myself out, and these are the dumbest stories. Why are you creeping out by Santa? It's creepy stuff. It's creepy. You're creeped out by Santa? I'm creeped out by a stranger sitting in my recliner. It's not a stranger, it's Santa. What if you saw Jesus in the recliner? I'd go over to him and I'd, I'd wash his feet with that's, oil yeah. and dry that's them with my hair. That's a good point. Which wouldn't really help because your hair is already oily. That's it. So, <laughs> Frank. Santa's giving you cold. The Krampus is going to whip you this this oh Christmas. god he's, he's gonna f- what like flag flagel flagellate yeah. yeah so frank you leave out cookies and milk for the guy and you expect him not to sit down and take a snack True. like what you expect him to be like mm, nah well aaron if they're avocado cookies oh true how dare you bring that up <laughs> <laughs> Well, keep that in mind. The idea of um, we set those things out for him, right? You could think yeah. that's a sort of invitation, right? Oh, you know what else true. we leave little desserts out for? Nick? Not you me. Leave no. out for Nick? No, not not you, Nick. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? No. Scottish legend. Scottish legend. Isn't it Scottish? Brownies? Exactly. Um, what if Santa is just a bunch of brownies in a big red suit? 
the earliest depictions of Santa describe him as an elf. That's close. A jolly elf. That's why he's with a bunch of elves. He's described as a like fun-loving elf, Wait which is kind of close to brownies. Brownies are a little smaller, though, I think. So I'll briefly touch on the folklore behind Santa. Um, we'll finish up the stories here. All right. But yeah, I mean, keep those things in mind. You guys, you guys picking up on the, on the things. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay. <clears throat> it was early Christmas morning between 2 a.m. 4 a.m. Either 96 or 97. I was six or seven years old, of course. I always had trouble sleeping the night before Christmas. I couldn't wake till the morning to open my presents. And here in Australia, Christmas is during the summer, so the nights are always quite hot. Anyway, I got out of my bed to peek at the presents under the Christmas tree. My room exited into a hallway, and at the end of the hallway was the kitchen and the dining area slash lounge room. As I crept out of the hallway into the dining area, something in the kitchen doorway caught my attention. I backed up behind the hallway entry and observed what appeared to be a pair of legs wearing long red pants. The legs were bolt upright but the rest of the figure was apparently bent at the hips into the kitchen doorway, so I couldn't see the whole body. Now at this age, I still believed in Santa, so I ran and woke my older sister, who begrudgingly came to have a look. We both peeked around the hallway entry and saw the same thing that I initially saw. The figure hadn't moved an inch since I first observed it a few minutes earlier. She tiredly suggested that it was just dad and I should go back to bed. I wasn't convinced. I followed her back to her room so I didn't want to be alone. She didn't believe in Santa anymore and was annoyed at me for hiding under her desk and begging her to come and have another look with me. Finally, I crept back to my room, closed the door, leaving it slightly ajar and proceeded to pace around my room, not knowing whether to wake up my parents or have another look at the kitchen doorway. My ceiling light was dimmed, so I could see my entire room clearly. There were no shadows. Finally, I decided to leave my room to wake my parents. As I opened my door, standing there, blocking my path, was Santa Claus. He was dressed exactly how I'd imagined him. He looked like the typical Coca-Cola Santa down to his white woolen trimmings, thick black belt with a golden buckle and red nightcap. He had small circular gold-rimmed glasses, a white curly beard, blue eyes, and liver spots on his cheeks. I froze and looked up at his eyes. He had what I took to be a stern expression on his face, almost glaring at me. Just after we made eye contact, he bent his head down towards me, in a manner that suggested, what are you doing up? You shouldn't be awake. Go back to bed. I gasped, took a few steps back, and then jumped into bed, turned my back to the door, closed my eyes, and then fell right asleep, despite my state of shock. I clearly remember thinking at the time, Santa doesn't like kids being awake because he can't drop off the presents otherwise. So as if I just knew that 
I had to go right back to sleep. Of course, the song about Santa comes to mind. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. I didn't get a menacing feeling from him. I didn't feel I was in any danger. I felt that maybe I was in a bit of trouble for seeing him. That he was annoyed at me seeing him. But he didn't seem joyful or, or loving either. Just neutral, I guess. I think that he somehow knew that I was going to go to my parents. And the only way that he could stop me was to block my exit. In the morning, both my parents said that they didn't see me the night before. They both thought I imagined it. My sister kept telling me it was my dad. Every few years, I'd bring it up with the family and parents always have denied wearing a Santa suit. My sister still thinks it was our dad. After years of thinking about this event on and off, I still can't explain it. They then proceed like, to give like 10 bullet points saying, you know, <laughs> I was awake. It was in the middle of the summer. So there wouldn't be, no one would be wearing heavy clothing. I was, you know, no one sleepwalks, all these sorts of things. The typical, you know, there were no signs of breaking and entering, so on, so on. Eventually, I do not still believe in Santa as I know. He's a completely fabricated, fabricated character. I think Coca-Cola actually created his modern image. Not true. We'll get into that. Over the years, I thought that maybe what I saw was possibly a, a spirit or some sort of apparition. They then discuss going to a hypnotherapist and getting a regression done, which doesn't work. So that doesn't help them there. But they point out the weird state of shock that they were in and the fact that they immediately fell to sleep. What do you guys make of that? Well, first things first, kind of I'm weird the realist. that the parents kept denying it. Like that's it would be a very strange thing for them to just like lie to their their uh child about. You know? Like if pressed on the matter at like twenty years old or whatever. Yeah, right when you're a full on adult. Yeah, I, I feel like they wouldn't keep lying to her unless they're messed up, in which case I'm sorry, whoever wrote this. But it's a weird thing to add. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, sorry, Frank looked like he was going to say something. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, this one, because this time they actually like full on right in front of the, of Santa saw them. Santa looked down at them and it, all the other ones, even when, Ooh, it was an apparition. Like the, you, you weren't right next to them. And and also this one was a clear image, yeah. So but so stereotypical too, right? Yeah, and could have been a dream. I I don't know how to explain the sister seeing the thing downstairs, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think a dream is a good answer. Yeah, so I mean, they say, obviously, it was more vivid than any dream they've ever had. They even say that Santa was too, this is weird, Santa was too short and plump to be their dad, but too tall to be their mom, and claim that this, the figure they saw had a totally different face, eyes, and skin type to the parents. Okay. And also didn't hear any footsteps. Right. 
Well, actually, in a lot of like, you know, in like movies and stuff, Santa walks like very heavy footsteps and you can hear the boots. That is if he's not a ghost. True. Well, he doesn't have to be a ghost. He could just be an entity. I don't like that. (laughs) Santa Santa needs to be classified. Santa's declassified school survival guide. Yeah. So that's the penultimate story. I'd like to briefly talk about Santa, like the really brief history of it. And then, quick, you saved the best for last. Yes, I do have a wacky one at the end. Perfect. Or another wacky one, just, just, um, the truest one of all. It just leaves, so it just leaves good questions. It leaves good questions for us. Nice. To end on. So I'll just end with it. So before we get into theories and what we think, I went into a lot of rabbit holes here recording or or researching for this. So I want to really briefly talk about Santa. Obviously, presumably you guys knew that Santa is based on the legendary figure of St. Nicholas. Yep. Yep. Did you know he was a bishop? If he... I think at a time, like, I'm not surprised that, about that information. Yeah, I feel like I should know this because it's my confirmation saint, but really, not, yeah. Yeah, so St. Nicholas of Myra, not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, um, he was born in what is now Turkey 2,000 years ago, right, around 270 AD. And I didn't realize that actually the idea of the gift giving goes back to supposedly he was famous for being rich. He gave away all his stuff to the poor. And he would go around and secretly give gifts to people in need. That sounds familiar. Yep. Right. And there are famous stories which evidently and admittedly were written hundreds of years after he died, which is very common with saints. They develop a cult of, uh, almost a cult of personality around them hundreds of years after they die. And lots of legends are written about them, which probably aren't historically fully accurate, but are taken, you know, as the factual accounts to the traditional accounts, I should say, for a time to come. So I didn't realize St. Nicholas was one of the most popular saints by the time of the Renaissance. He was like the go-to patron saint in Europe. But how do we get Santa Claus? And this kind of wraps into the whole idea of people seeing this very, you know, easy to imagine idea of Santa Claus, right? Because Saint Nick is some ancient old bishop. You can imagine him wearing like, I don't know, maybe the bishop's hat. Did they have those back then? Who knows? But we have this figure of Father Christmas, which is an English tradition, which is real old. But Frank, it's pagan. It is kind of pagan, a little bit. There are pagan influences here 100% in the idea of Santa Claus. But Father Christmas was the personification of Christmas. And it was the British concept of that. So over time, he merges with the Dutch idea of Sinterklaas, which is based on Saint Nick. It's the Dutch tradition of Saint Nick and the gift giving, whatever. And that kind of forms Santa Claus in the English speaking world. Weird connection one. Does anyone know what St. Nicholas's feast day is? December 25th. Nope. December 6th. Today. The date of recording, December 6th. Total coincidence. Or Found it out it? after I started researching. Or is it? That's true. 
How weird is that? It's the day we're recording. Anyway, the next weird connection. So many centuries later, right? We have Father Christmas. We have Sinterklaas. That's how we get the word Santa Claus. People can't pronounce Dutch. 1800s, Washington Irving and a bunch of other authors start writing about Santa and they start to add on all these details that become popular. The red coat with all that. But in Washington Irving's book in 1809, The History of New York, he depicts Santa Claus as a thick-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe and a green winter coat. Now, it turns out he was just making fun of Dutch people <laughs> in New York. He was just entirely dissing their culture. So his depiction of Santa is, is kind of a parody of Dutch people. But he, started, he was one of the people that started popularizing the idea of Santa Claus in the U.S. And I found out his depiction of making fun of the Dutch there it was part of a, a broader movement to tone down the insane Christmas celebrations that were going on at the time. Now, when I read that, I went, okay, what could possibly be so insane about Christmas celebrations in the early 1800s, right? Well, I find out that these celebrations were, inc- they included, but were not limited to wassailing. Have you guys heard of wassailing? I've heard of wassail, which is a type of alcoholic beverage. It might, maybe it's related. It could very well be related. Aaron, have you heard of wassailing? No. This is also known as um, uh, aggressive home invasions from drunken singers who beg (laughs) for food and drink. So Christmas caroling. It is the precursor to Christmas caroling. This was literally medieval times. The poor people would go around to the rich people and sing and beg for food and drink. And it was a form of charity where they wouldn't have to, they weren't technically begging. It was like Christmas. Give us food and drink. Ah, you're That's rich. Like and Halloween poor. too. Yes, it's very similar trick or treating with, with the soul cakes. So this clicked in my head because think about the lyrics of some of the songs. We want some figgy pudding. We won't go until we get some. So bring some out here. It's those are the traditional wassailing songs where they're literally demanding stuff from the rich people. And oftentimes, if the rich people didn't give the the people what they wanted. Their house would be vandalized. <laughs> wow. So this was happening a lot. Uh, what else What else did this include? Quote, substantial premarital sex. Substantial. Substantial. And premarital. Lots God of forbid. It. And public displays of sexual deviancy. No, public. What so in the weird. world were they, how are they celebrating Christmas? This is pretty British wild. British moment. It's wild. So obviously the the Puritans and and the upper classes at the time were like, we gotta we gotta dampen this down. Um, but yeah, pretty wild. Puts a lot of the Christmas songs and and such into perspective. But besides this, one of the most notable depictions of Santa, which really put together our modern understanding of him, is the poem. A visit from St. Nicholas, which is better known by its first line, "'Twas the night before Christmas," which you heard parodied at the start of this episode. Can you guys guess? I couldn't believe this when I read it. Where was it published first? Troy, New York. In the Troy Sentinel. Yep. On December 23rd, 1823. 
I knew I knew it was coming up on a big anniversary this year. The yeah. 200 year anniversary in Troy, New York. How wild think, is that? Do you think there's going to be a huge celebration in downtown Troy? I hope yes, so. Maybe is. I could tell my poem. Our own Santa Con. No, they're doing like a whole like um I forget what it is, but they're like dressing up in like the older style get up. It's a whole thing. I'll look so at it. I remember seeing awesome. it on the Separate news. from the Victorian stroll, because Victorian yes. stroll always happens. No, it just happened yeah, but, uh, last week, the Victorian stroll. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking of, but I don't know if they're doing an additional celebration. Troy loves okay. doing the Victorian stuff. I bet they are doing something. I hope they do. But how co- How wild is that? It was published in Troy anonymously. Later, there was an author who claimed it was his, um, but then there were other people that claimed it was theirs, and it's still up for Classic. debate. So the author you look up, you get when you look him up, may or may not be the real author. Guys, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. So the reason I, I wanted to, to mention that, and that poem, which I'll have in the show notes, um, that's where we get, you know, cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. Uh, bundle of he's toys. Drunk. He's dressed in all fur. Clothes were tarnished with ashes and, sho- and soot. This is where he, he's described coming down the chimney. Uh, he's got a really big fat stomach and then he has a pipe. All sorts of those things. It all comes from that poem. There was the famous Coca-Cola marketing campaign with the Santa drawing, holding Coca-Cola. Lots of people think that Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus because of that, but they didn't. It was the they didn't before Christmas. Got it was that poem and a few other writings in the 1800s that got into the public attention. But uh, that picture from Coca-Cola definitely solidified it in the, the conscious, you know, the public conscious of people. So I bring this up because Santa as a concept is, is very modern and the depiction of him is only you know, 150 years old. A little longer than that. 200 if, it, if you're yeah. going by the... Uh, sure, yeah, I go roughly yeah. 200. That's fair. Yeah, but the, the modern depiction of like the red, the red coat and all of that and yeah. big fat and jolly is even younger than that. So it's curious. Why do all of these stories depict that Santa? Why not more traditional versions of Santa? Why not older versions? Right. Because if Santa is real or like there's a spirit of him that's real, why is it depicted in that only very, very modern, recent clothing and depiction? Right. You want an answer? Well, to shift into final thoughts and theories, I'll pose that to you. What do you what do you make of that? Because this is do you find any anything weird with that? Well, Frank, you posited the theory of a tulpa. So with a tulpa, if the beliefs shift, I believe that the form can also shift with the tulpa. You know, they start believing like, oh, he all of a sudden Santa Claus is slim and you know buff. Okay, maybe people would start believing that buff Santa is gonna come give some uh, creatine under your tree. <laughs> Very interesting, Aaron. Very interesting. <laughs> thank you frank i was just you know jumping off of your theory about the tulpas i don't know if i believe that per se 
I I'm more of the the idea that it's a ghost, and the I ghost... guess it applies for a ghost too, though, right? Like if determining the the depiction of itself, like the way it manifests, it yeah. probably would go with what's most Familiar. commonly. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I guess it kind of works for both theories, right? I, I mean, I would think so because you know some people describe this this Santa Claus as a giant behemoth eight foot tall guy and the others are like they're a little bit taller than my dad yeah or shorter or shorter so like i don't know maybe people see it slightly different which brings me to my next question what do we feel about the ones that um are weird or creepy or eerie do we think it's the same thing do we think it's the same phenomena in these stories, given obviously we're pretending that any of this is true, potentially? Do we think it's the same phenomena? What could explain the creepier ones? Like the the original one crawling across the floor and doing the shh. I mean, it could be different things looking the same. That is totally fine. I'd believe it. Could it be Things pretending, malicious things pretending to be Santa, taking on the form of Santa. Nothing because bad happened though. True, true. Like, because also there already is an evil Santa. Why would something? There are multiple. True, we have why, multiple traditions. Why would something that's evil? If if evil Santa already exists, I guess, oh, then yeah, let me parade around as, you know, what normal Santa is, but there are already evil Santa legends. Why why the need to do that? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I mean yeah, how do we explain the creepy the creepy whatever. ones? I don't think it's malicious, because obviously no kids got kidnapped or hurt. And remember, these are also all kids. Like nothing, no one got taken, even when the girl was face to face with Santa. He didn't do anything. He didn't That's look true. jolly. He was just basically, oh, why are you awake? Go to bed. I'm disappointed. Might be selection bias. Maybe all the ones where something bad happened, uh, those kids didn't survive to tell the tale. <laughs> Maybe. They're now elves. That is a possibility that I did not think of. But it's a good point. You don't you really don't see insane negative stories like Santa showed up and he started coughing up blood all over my face and <laughs> scrawled an upside down cross in my forehead. <laughs> you don't see that. It is head spun around. It is head spun around. Vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mean no, and also, like, no one's being possessed by Santa. True. Unless that's what this is. Like, these are all actually the ones that aren't transparent. They're real people, but they're being possessed by Santa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the other possibilities here could be that they are neutral things. Maybe they're, like, gin. Maybe they're... Gin are typically not neutral, no? Okay. Just imagine it's neutral. Neutral into these that are just taking the shape of like, oh, it's Christmas night. I can stalk around people's homes. Let me let's just have take fun. Let's Trickster have some fun. Spirits. Yeah, exactly. Trickster spirits that 
just take on the the form of Santa Claus and how they what form of Santa Claus? Well, whatever's in the the modern understanding. However, Coca Cola Santa. That's how I'll look. That's what everyone thinks when they think of Santa. That's the shape I'll take. I think I'll that's take. the most believable. Like even if there are creepy ones, they're not doing anything bad. And then even if there are maybe some positive ones, like not positive, but like you know the one with the stockings putting it on the table. Nothing was taken. Nothing. No one was hurt. So I think not. Not even trickster. I think literally just neutral. Maybe some of the creepier ones are more on the trickstery side, but I think it's just some something out there having some fun. Or maybe the kids just didn't believe hard enough. It's like an and elf. What? Elf the movie when they don't believe so Santa oh. Slay can't fly. Yeah, but I'm saying like they don't believe hard enough. So like it's a documentary. The, the their perception of Santa is this eerie, creepy thing. Like, oh, it's kind of weird that Santa's just breaking in my house. <laughs> That's interesting. And, you know, maybe in your your just woken up state, you're a little scared about what you'll see, and that reflects upon what you actually do see. Very good points. Well, with that, I'll leave us with some good quotes from. Another poster, which I think is on, who I think is on the right track. And we'll leave us with some good questions to end on. My 32-year-old daughter is convinced to this day she saw Santa in her house Christmas Eve when she was seven years old. She said she woke up in the middle of the night and was too excited to sleep. She told me she got up and was walking down the hallway to the living room when she saw him. He put up his finger to his mouth in a quiet gesture. She then went back to her room. She told me she was surprised to see him, that she had the feeling the entire time she was looking at him that she was seeing something she should not be seeing. Maybe we ought to wonder exactly what we're inadvertently inviting into our homes with this Santa Claus tale. The black-eyed kids show up at your door and ask and require permission to enter. But with Santa Claus, we've already given him permission to enter. As far as inviting Santa Claus, we even leave out cookies and milk for him. If that alone isn't an invitation for something to show up in the middle of the night yet, I don't know what is. That's all for tonight's show. Remember to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you tune in if you enjoyed. Submit feedback at Wednesday at 9pm.com slash 21. You'll also find the episode's write-up and references and everything there. Tell your friends to tune in while you're at it, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next, next Wednesday at 9pm. And remember, Christmas Eve night, it's probably best to stay in bed and not heed the beckoning calls of anything dressed up as Santa Claus. Good night.